0: Can they avoid the whitewash mark? You know, it's a question that obviously we're going to find out after this third guy. But what's your thinking there? Do you think can they avoid this whitewash or are we seeing a whitewash coming from the Aussies? man? Hey there Cricket Lovers, welcome back to another episode here on the Reverse Group channel and today we're going over a lot of cricket news that's been happening, West Indies in Australia first of all, you know West Indies losing that second ODI, you know can they avoid the whitewash uh, is what we're going to discuss, I'm going to have my buddy Mark joining me, we're going to talk a little bit about Test Cricket as well, India comfortably winning that second match and current New Zealand and South Africa match that's going on, I want to welcome my buddy Mark again Mark, welcome to the show man, how are you doing, are you ready to get this thing going man? Yeah,
1: my, my dear, thanks for having me back on the show reverse Coup. yes a lot of cricket in the atmosphere currently I'm looking forward to the match tonight West Indies versus Australia that third ODI I'm hoping at least West Indies could play for some pride and at least win one of the at least the last match of the series
0: question is right can they avoid the whitewash mark you know it's a question that obviously we're going to find out after this third ODI but what, what's your thinking there you th- do you think can they avoid this whitewash or are we seeing a whitewash coming from the Aussies man
1: it's going to be uphill to us Australia to, up in the series and finally all cylinders and West Indies struggling a bit in both departments. I'm going to go with Australia going with the whitewash. I would love as a Caribbean man a West Indian to see West Indies show some fight, pride and win the last match.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you know, even in the first two ODIs, we've seen some confusing selection, right? The second ODI looked a little bit better. So what, what are we expecting in the third ODI, Mark? Do we see any more changes come in? I know we've talked about that we, we need specialist batters, specialist openers to come into that top order, right? I mean, if you're trying makeshift openers you know they would need a lot more time to come and kind of perform but an opener whose mindset is to always open the innings and go out there and you know as you said play 10 15 overs and take the shine off the ball it seems like that's missing currently from this current ODI team of the West Indies and you know we've talked about you know a couple other guys that are on the bench that could get a look in Teddy Bishop is another guy so are we seeing one of these guys you know come in now obviously since there's nothing to lose for the Windies we've already lost the series these guys are just warming the bench so perhaps it's a good time to get these guys in
1: well, well, Otley played the, the, the second ODI. So I'm looking to see if Otley could move up the order. Otley and Atene is two left-handed batsmen. Graves done the yeah. order yeah. a little bit, maybe number six, where I think he's more suited. I don't think they would really make too much of changes. The other two guys on the tour, Imlach and Bishop, maybe they just took them for experience um, so at least they could gain some knowledge. You know, and just being the setup, but I don't really see they, they're making too much of changes right now for the last ODI.
0: Kijan Otley playing that second ODI. He did. He, he batted number three and got eight off 14, but again- and batting out of position, right? His position is to open the innings. Why is he batting at three? A guy like a- Alec Athanese, who's good at being the ODI setup, is opening the innings. We've talked that he's open for his domestic teams, but specialist opener job is very different. They think differently. Even a number three thinks very differently, right? So for those three top spots, you need guys that are going to be just thinking about those three spots. It seems like we're just trying and chopping and changes, you know, within those three spots. So I really hope they make some adjustments there and come up with a win in this last ODI match against Australia. And, you know, even in that second, and ODI, they had a good chance, man. I think it was a good decision to ball first. They had the Aussies at, you know, 90, sub 90 for like five. Still ended up scoring 268 are we missing some type of you know fire in their bowling or or some type of the killer instinct mark because from 90 to 90 for five to having you know Sean Abbott come in and score a 50 and take the score of 268 I thought they may have missed a trip even earlier in the game did you see it that way as well that they kind of let up and and let Aussies come back into this game
1: I wouldn't really say that Aussies are professionals Sean Abbott is a very good cricketer you know he's just a bit underrated hasn't really got a lot of opportunities Abbott is a a very good cricketer good all-rounder good bowler good batsman previously in previous recording session, I, I picked Sean Hubbard to be one of the australia star players in the series, and he did perform two wickets and 69 runs. It's all about applying yourself and playing to the situations of, of the game. So Australia was in a tough position, and the batsmen just came there and graphed. They didn't really bat out a character batted deep as possible, and when the bad balls came, they put them away. You know, everybody played a, a hand. We're playing against a good team, a strong team, so they never really expect them to lie down. Australia could be 60 for 6, and they could still score 300 because the low order would apply themselves. You see that over and over again. Uh, West Indies bowlers, bowled well in, in periods. I just thought that the captain could attack just a little bit more, put feelers in catching positions when we had them five wickets down. But, you know, cricket is a game, when, when you have your hands on the opposition, you should never really let up you should
0: just put the choke in yeah i agree you know we saw obviously the west indy spinners come to the four they did well 10 for 28 for three for Gudakesh moti roston chase 10 for 40 so combined, those two guys give you 20 overs for 68 runs and three wickets right the two spinners that's a really great you know bowling by those guys but the pitch was offering assistance from an earlier point on it was it was a slower pitch and yet we didn't see a, a spinner come on up until or the 17th over of the game which I think again was a miss and yes they took early wickets but I think a, a spinner introducing them a little bit earlier on a pitch like SCGs where they had a clear advantage as the pitch becomes faster a little bit later in the night you know I think they missed using the slowness there because once they brought him on after you know 16, 17th over those guys bowled 20 over almost on the trot which i think kind of brought australia back into the game right because they got settled down against those spinners for a longer longer spell
1: yeah the, the skipper he was going with a pace attack but it took him a long time to realize that the, the pitch was very slow The australians were struggling to get the ball off the square the ball wasn't coming on nice and with good bounce even bounce or sometimes the ball was, was dropping and sticking I, I, I thought that was a match that West Indies could have played three spin bowlers. You yeah. know, arrested Oshane Thomas and and play watch. I think yes, that, was, I agree. that was that was well. <laughs> they just misread the, the the pitch. Even stuff at the match report. One of the commentators who was doing the match report was saying how the pitch is going to be very slow. It's not going to be a pitch like the previous pitch. Saying that during the interview, I, I thought that West Indies could have just made that switch and and pay, play watch in that match and rested Thomas, the fast bowler, because Thomas been all over the place. Not impressive at all on, on, on this tour. And he's not bowling as fast and quickly as we know he can. He's bowling at least 133K an hour. You expect much more pace from Thomas especially in Australia
0: big time and I, I agree like the confused West Indies selection you know guys uh, we discussed in our last video guys you know if you haven't checked it out I'll link it in the description and I'll put it in the end screen so definitely check out that confused selection video because that's ex- exactly what Mark mentioned he and Walsh probably shouldn't have played in the first ODI but he probably did have a look in in the second ODI but again just the confusion and not being able to read the surface and I think having Walsh in the second ODI would have been a big help to, to the way West Indy side you know but they again missed the trick and misread the pitch so some things for them to obviously look at and you know, improve on for this third ODI. And we're hoping again the West Indies can get a get a get get a win and try and find their balance again, avoid this whitewash. Let us know in the comment what you guys think. Can West Indies avoid this whitewash? Or are we seeing a whitewash come? You know, let us know your thoughts in the comments. So we're gonna talk a little bit now about the India versus England test matches finished, Mark. So India comfortably winning that second match and the series is tied one one. It's it's a battle, baseball versus the Indian juggernaut. So obviously Umrah kind of you know, outperform all the spin bowlers that are t- that like We look forward to doing well, right, in Indian pitches. But here's a guy, just speed Broomra, comes in with all his variations and smarts and, you know, puts a stop to all the basketball stuff.
1: Yes, it was very impressive bowling by Broomra. I was watching live. And what I like about Broomra, he varies his pace and he, he bowls all variations. As I said, the key to a, a, a good bowler is bowling all different variations. You're playing a test match and he was bowling Yorkers, top of off some you know, making the batsman guess. The delivery, I think he got. Oli Pop, he bowled him with a Yorker. Man, that was a fantastic delivery. Beat him all ends up, almost knocked over Oli Pope. He was kind of a off balance as well. You know, so I was watching the spell, various his lines, length. And as a batsman, if you're not accustomed to an action like Boomer, he can throw you off, you know. But he's always coming at you and with good pace. High 139 Ks, 140 Ks. And that's the beauty about Boomer on dead pitches in India, you know? Oh. So so hats off to Boomer. That spell of bowling was really a match-winning spell of bowling, that 6 for that he
0: got. I mean, it's the control, man, and the brains the guy has, right? As you said, he's not looking to just go kind of a one-dimensional type of a bowler. He has <laughs> all these variations and he's able to use them super well to, to set up these guys and get them out. And the brain, man, that I'm really impressed with. Obviously, he's got a, you know, funny type of an action and he's very hard to pick, you know, deceptive pace and movement off the pitch in the air makes him a complete type of a bowler that you know a lot of teams anywhere in the conditions he's an all-conditions bowler as proven you know on these indian pitches that no matter where he is he can that controlled just speed boomerang and provide you know control to the captain and obviously that's six for definitely match winning in addition to batters obviously you know young guy yashavi jay who scored a double hundred so congrats to him i think he became the third youngest indian to to score a double and i think the youngest in india if i'm not mistaken but i could be wrong there you guys let us know in the comment if i'm wrong there but some words for that youngster man because i think he's got a really bright future yes
1: he's a hungry batsman you know and he understands his game even at a young age he understands his game Knows when to bat defensive. He knows when to up the tempo. You know he knows when to rotate the striker. I was watching him closely. Majority of that 219, I was watching the inning. At some time, he was not afraid to slog sweep over deep corner. You know, just bat normal, play his aggressive role, just like as like he was batting in an ODI match or a T20 match. But at certain times, when the bowling was tight, he defended for a long period of time, you know. He has a good, cool head, good temperament. And, and as, for, for youngsters who are watching, that's somebody to admire and see if they could pick, pick something out of their book from but Yeah, I mean,
0: absolutely. I mean, his strike rate, we batted at a strike rate of 72, found a perfect balance for test cricket. And as we all know, test cricket is moving towards, you know, picking up the pace a little bit. So batters need to come in and be batting at this similar clip at 67. 70 strike rate at the minimum, you know, once they're set. You know, right now in test cricket, I feel like batters that can occupy time can bat a 30, 40 strike rate there. So that adds more pressure, I guess. Now the cricket, obviously, with basketball and looking always take the game forward, even Australia and India. Now you see all these three big teams, they look to take the game forward and uh, other teams have to keep up with that and find, you know, batters that can actually do this similar kind of stuff, which I think is a is a challenge. And teams like West Indies and Pakistan, especially right to find batters who can bat at a higher strike rate in test cricket while kind of having, you know, playing on merit.
1: Yeah, most of these teams scoring at four runs for over in Test cricket yeah. now. You know, so teams that's scoring at two runs for over struggling. It's basically striking a balance. A batsman who understands their game but always bat aggressively, uh, bat defensively when... When when it's called for, it's only it's the game situation. You have to look at the game situation.
0: I mean, some days, you know, for batters, you can you know, depending on who you're batting with on the day, you can tell who's having the better day, right? Who's 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 middling the ball, and maybe the other guy is struggling. So that's where you have to have that communication skills and kind of you know, if one guy is struggling, they can look to rotate, and the other guy, if he's timing the ball well, he can up the any. So yeah. it's just about that communication and knowing you know, what kind of day your partner might be having. If both of you guys are having a good day, then yeah, maybe both of you guys can score at, at a faster clip. But just knowing that environment and what kind of a day you're going through with the bat, I think makes a big difference, you know, for these batters. If they don't communicate that with each other, then they're just kind of batting with their own plans and not the team's plan. Uh We saw James Anderson, Mark, again, looked ageless, you know, ball 25 overs, 47 runs, Three wickets at an economy rate of of 1.88 in that first innings. And even in the second innings, I believe he bowled 10 overs at at a 2.9. Economy rate took a couple of wickets. Ageless wonder, man, this guy. Just comes in, keeps it quiet, and just knows how to take wickets.
1: He's an ageless ageless man. Still look young, still look hungry. You know, even before the match starts, he's out there and the practice pitch is bowling. So much enthusiasm for his age you know it's something to admire you know he knows his work. he still wants to do well what what can i say he has good genes you, you know and still have a lot of energy and hats off to him he's, a, he's a, one, a living legend i would say in english country in english cricket in general they don't make these like get men like that anymore not at all
0: man i mean just you know being super fit and just having the longevity like Kurt, courtney walsh you know we mentioned you have a comparison with jimmy anderson because of the longevity that they brought to the game and james anderson just taking it to another level question within this in Indian team are kind of starting to build up right is a big question mark on Rohit Sharma right Rohit Sharma has been you know he has been a great captain for India but he's been uh, out of form in test cricket for a while and there's been a word that you know he's at the end of his career with all the kind of talent that India has he's just occupying a spot that somebody else could be taking so is there truth to that or do we still need a Rohit Sharma in the test lineup
1: I would look at it in that way you still need a Rohit Sharma you know, even if you have young, upcoming batsmen, you need somebody with experience at the top still. And he's the captain, and he leads in. Fr- he's leading from the front. It's just about a matter of time before Rohit produces a, a beautiful, magnificent innings, something of worth. Struggling a little bit, India still needs Rohit Sharma. Virat Kohli comes back in for the next test match. Just like when Virat Kohli was struggling, everybody wrote him off, right? Look at for, for the last year. Look at his stats. Look at how he's batting, right? Producing, you know, runs basically runs machine. So I wouldn't write off Rohit Sharma. Every batsman, every batsman in Test cricket or in any form of cricket, sometimes go through a little patch, a little bad. You know, so I wouldn't write off Rohit Sharma. He still bats good. Sometimes when you when you don't have the luck and you go into a bad pass, any little mistake you make you can get out you know and that's the case with Rohit Sharma. but I expect him to come good before the series finish with a double cent.
0: yeah I think so too he's just too good a player you know for them to even consider kind of dropping because it's just the experience that's worth its weight in gold right even if he doesn't perform the impact that he has as a skipper and under the team and with his leadership is quite remarkable and obviously they don't have you know Virat Kohli for the first two matches and we expect we're expecting him to come back into that lineup you know into the third test match so he's again going to add to that experience you know in indian indian test team which you know has an ashwin or jadeja a rohit sharma a Virat Kohli, you know just speed so all these experienced guys that are match winners on their day you know it's going to be super super hard to stop for england i think in the rest of the series but you know they fought you know admirably so far you know they've given india obviously a, a little bit of a push right with that first match really hoping a good series you know comes out of here and, and you guys let us know in the comment who you guys think is going to win that third test match yeah we're going to discuss a little bit now about the south africa and new zealand test that's happening too it's actually happening live right now you know New Zealand batted first 511 they scored in South Africa right now uh, live 161 for nine Uh, South Africa trailed by 350 runs we're afraid of this mark because obviously it's a totally new look South Africa team you know South Africa cricket board didn't have a lot of options because they needed those players for their T20 tournament some work for this thing that's happening because I'm not really uh, a fan of what South Africa did, obviously, but I understand the reasons behind it too with why we're seeing this lineup.
1: You must commend the guys from South Africa still who, who turned up and played uh, this test match. They put their best foot forward and they actually bowled well. They bowl in very good areas and good line and lengths for a long period of time. But This guy, man, Rachin, he's just amazed. He's just a different kind of kettle of fish. This this guy, this guy is a top class batsman. You know, I I watched him bat and he bats so easy. Perfect example. He's one of the batsmen who can up the ante at any time. He batted. He was on 199. For about 30 minutes, then after that, once he get to that double century, he start to play some out of the world shots, magnificent shots, and and I was amazed. So New Zealand have a fine there for for the next 10 years. Hopefully, yeah. if he could stay fit and, and and keeps his form, New Zealand have a, a match winner there, and he bows a beautiful left arm spin as well. You could call him out all along
0: Yeah, he's a full package, man. He actually came in first into the team as a left-arm spinner, right? But just his talents with the bat and the way New Zealand have used him throughout the ODI World Cup. And then obviously now, you know, just finding good opportunities for this kid to come. And perform, you know, in our in our countries, Mark, in West Indies and and South Africa, when opportunities like this come where you see a weaker team traveling to play test cricket, you know, against somebody that you'll find your youngsters to give kind of confidence to. We don't really do that. In those kind of situations, our experienced guys still raise the hand and they're like, oh, no, I'm going to go get my run. Right. But you see within this New Zealand setup, a guy like Ratchin Ravindra gets his double hundred, scores a 240 again, at a strike rate of 65. So we see the trends of Test Cricket, another double 100 with a strike rate of 60 plus and the pace that they're batting compared to a guy like Kane Williams, who made 118 batting at a strike rate of 40. So you see the change in Test Cricket and the kind of batters that we're getting now and where Test Cricket is going, right? It's becoming a faster paced game and you need more players like Yashavi Jaiswal and Ravindra Chindra to come in and and you know shake things up in Test Cricket, which is happening.
1: Well, I think the ODI game help those batsmen, most of these batsmen to excel and understand their game, score in errors in test match cricket. Because if you look at all these batsmen who are performing, they did, they all batted well and did well in in the ODI, even World Cup as well. Look at Mitchell, they didn't get much. Or Mitchell, Ravindra, all the Indian batsmen. The same way they bat in the 50 overs, they are batting the same way in test cricket. And now you see in test cricket, more reverse, sweeps, coops, switch hits. You know, the, it's, the, the ODI game and the T20 game Actually, help test match cricket to evolve, you know. And so, right now, you're bowling at a batsman, he has so many options in in test cricket. There is no restriction in the field, right? So, you could switch, hit, do anything basically what you want, you know, to get run. You can't blame South Africa, they they, they put their best foot forward. They're playing against a world class team, as we know, New Zealand is a world class team, and in their backyard, they're very hard to beat, you know. So, hats off to South Africa for trying still. I was impressed with the captain from South Africa, the the left arm spinner, he bowled well. When you could capitalize and score as much runs, you make as much runs as you can because you never know when you'll be struggling to even get off the mark and make a run. So when you could cash in, you cash in as a bat. That's off to for a
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. He's in the form of his life and he needs to capitalize as much as he can on that purple patch because you never know, you know, when the you get the case of yipsies, as we call them in sports, right? Where you kind of, uh, you know, lose your focus and you start to blank out at times. So. Right now, man, for Ashwin Ravindra, you know, I hope he keeps going. And that's six for by the skipper, Neil Brand. I think he's a part-time spinner, but again, you know, brought his team back into the game. And I think Rowan Desuard was another bowler who actually brought some control into that South African attack. And test cricket, as we all know, Mark, it's all about building pressure. And the more pressure you can build on, the more dot balls you can build up. That's what will break the wicket. Yeah, the update now is they've been bowled out for 162. Yep, they're leading by 349 runs. We should have the decision of if, you know, they will be following them on. It's not a given they will enforce a follow-on. They have already both 70 overs and 1-1 to bat last on this week. But what do you think, Mark? Should they follow on here?
1: No, they should just come back and bat for two hours and then de- declare. Give the bowlers a little rest, the fast medium bowlers a little rest. Bat for two hours, score 100 runs, and then declare, and then give South Africa 449 runs for victory. So anything over four feet, it's going to be up uphill task. After the collapse, the lower order did graft and, and, and stick around. Um, Keegan Peterson batted patiently, painstakingly, for a long period of time. Fountain did try his best, but um, he never scored much runs, but he did occupy the crease for a very long time and then. At the end, Juan Olivier stuck around for a long time. So you, you still got to commend them. I mean, half of this team didn't know that they were going to be playing a test in two weeks' time from when they get selected, right? So they had to prepare mentally, and they show up, and, and I know they're playing with pride. This bunch looks like a good bunch of, of players as well. It's just they don't have the experience match cricket as, as well. And it's hard when you have six or seven debutants, you know, in, in a team. You know, there's nobody to lean on, especially in, in the batting only Keegan Peterson is a is a most accomplished batsman. But in the in the bowling department only Juan Oliver had, had played sixteen test matches. Patterson had played his last test match four years ago. You know, so this is a record for him. You can't really it's not really it's uh, even if it's a one sided one-sided match. You still got to. Hats off to the South Africans for doing their best. They'll, uh,
0: they'll fight on, and you know, hoping the Test match obviously becomes a little bit better, you know, and and more uh, competitive as as it goes on. With uh, New Zealand bowling, so that Matt Henry took three wickets, Kyle Jameson two, Mitchell Santner three, and Rishad Ravinda also chipping in with a couple of wickets after his double hundred. So. What a superstar, man! I think it's just kids. It's gonna do big things. I think in cricket with the bat and ball, and you know, seems like a very humble and down-to-earth guy who's who's just hungry to do well. So that was, uh, you know, I think the third match that we wanted to discuss on this video, guys. Let us know in the comment what you guys think of you know this New Zealand and South Africa's match that's happening, and obviously we discuss India England. That series is tied 1-1 and the Australia-West Indies match that's about to start. Can the West Indies avoid a whitewash? So lots of cricket happening. Hope you guys enjoy, um, you know, all the cricket that's been coming from here. Mark, before we sign off, anything else, man?
1: No, just looking for, for a better performance from West Indies tonight. And hopefully they can rise to the occasion. Uh, we're rooting
0: for Wendy's to rise to the occasion and win that match today. So again, thanks, Mark, for joining me. Again, guys, thank you for uh, sticking around and watching this video. I'll, you know, put the our uh, West Indies confused ODI selection video on the end screen. Make sure to check it out and you'll see Mark and I again next time on our next video. Also stay tuned for the West Indies top 10 fast bowlers of all time that Mark and I have put together on. We'll also be posting that sometime this week. So stay tuned and yeah, Mark Audane and Nabil Khan from the reverse scoop signing off. Have a great night. Everybody.
1: Thanks so much. Take care.